Hey, what's up? Today we are talking with Miami, a engineer and musician and just all around good dude who is involved in a lot of good stuff in the scene, involved with a lot of really sick bands and also works with Joey Sturgis and really good conversation. This dude is a master of marketing. So if you're a band that is up and coming and you're wanting to know what to do in the modern world, this dude knows. So this is a really, really good conversation. And before we get into it, become a member for only $3 today and support the Burn This World podcast. It sounds like a very little amount of money, but collectively, it really does add up for us. And you get a lot of exclusive content for that 3 bucks. You get the icebreaker section where I ask the guests some silly questions before the podcast starts to get the conversation rolling. You also get the after show recap where I review what we talked about personally and give my opinions on it. You also get some unreleased music like random metalcore songs I wrote over the years or Browning songs that I never finished. And you get some behind the scenes Browning stuff like my recording process on the end of existence record. So you get a lot of exclusive content and it really helps us out. Head over to burnthisworld.com and click the become a member button for only three bucks a month. It really goes a long way. Again, burnthisworld.com and click become a member. Thank you so much. Let's get into this episode with Miami. Make sure you leave a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on. I'm Johnny McBee. You're listening to the Burnless World Podcast. Um, and yeah, I saw that you got your new project that you're, that you're working on. You've been working on it kind of behind the scenes and you're starting to tease it a little bit. And, um, how's it feel, like, you know, being, being deeper into the industry and then also just getting to the point that you're understanding the industry more. And now you're coming out swinging with a kind of a big scale hip hop project, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where people don't realize this or know this, but I've kind of always been a rapper. Like mm-hmm. I've been a rapper since I was like 15 years old, 14, 15, but everyone knows me from like my metalcore bands and like those projects and like, you know, and a, a lot of people follow me or get behind me with JST because of those projects that I was in, yeah. you know, and they, they understand and know my relationship with Joey and all those other things. But, realistically man at the end of the day i'm a rapper bro yeah that's what you feel your, yeah. your true calling is I, I always felt that way you really? know um so what took you so long I, yeah like to to want to go what, full-fledged with this uh what took me so long is that i spent a lot of time with um with my band yeah like trying to trying to do the next thing then realizing that i don't necessarily want to be in a band because it's so hard trying to make something happen with four five other people yeah um you know no one thinks about it this way because they're like you know like oh why do rappers you know do so well like why do they make so much and when, when they pop off versus like bands like why are bands like struggling it's like it's it's very simple economics my friend like yeah. there are five to six people in a metalcore band there's one person that is rapping yep. <laughs> it's like if you took all the money that all those people had in a metal band and gave it to one person then yeah they'd be doing great exactly but that's just that's just not the case and like the touring situation too like the yeah man you know are out are through the roof man we slept i slept in a lot of walmart parking lots (laughs) man you know 
I always say like, like I've been, people ask where I've lived, and I said, "Well, does where you sleep count?" Because if so, then I've been a resident of Walmart for a long time. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, shout out to Walmart parking lots for not kicking us out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shout out to the places that gave us free food because we were broke and didn't get guarantees. You know, mm-hmm. like people, um, people just don't understand that feeling when you got a show that you're trying to get to, and like your van breaks down, but you just don't have expenses to cover that, you know? Mm -hmm. So like you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. People are scrambling, trying to put it on their credit cards, like all kinds of things to make it to the next show of, of like, who knows, man, maybe it's a terrible show. Maybe there's 20 people there that aren't even in the, that aren't in bands and the rest of it's just band members. And that's if the band members feel like sticking around, (laughs) you know what I mean? That's if they want to watch everyone else's set. Right. You're yeah. just playing to you're playing to the bartender in uh security. Yeah, and that's likely and, uh, what they would be doing. You'd be blowing a tire in the middle of the desert, sitting there for two days, not able to get out, and then by the time you make it to a show, <laughs> you're playing to the sound guy, right? Yeah, man. That's that's just reality. It's the um, dream. Yeah, it's <laughs> to I that what the crazy thing is, man, that was mm-hmm. my dream. But as we grow and get older, you know, we really start to understand that our goals shift, you know, yeah. our, like my goal back in the day was like, oh man, I just want to be able to support myself, be able to help people out if I want. And then like, my goal was like, yo, I want to live in LA. LA is expensive. Mm-hmm. I need to make a lot of money to live out here. Oh, I want like, I want like a nice car. I want a nice place. I want a nice, like all these other things, you know, like, oh, like, I have a, you know, I have a girl, I have a lot of things, like all, all these, all these things really play a big part in, in, uh, your goals and, and aspirations and what you're doing. So, you know, as, as you're younger, it's so much simpler, man. Like I was down to sleep on the floor, uh, like multiple nights in a row, you know, showering, like whenever I could shower, (laughs) if I could shower, those tour showers are crazy, man. Um, I was uh, I was okay with a lot of those things just because of dreaming and hoping what the end goal was. But then, like as you see and get further into it, you start seeing, oh, I see this end goal. And what people don't really notice too much in the metal scene is, um, how do how do I want to say this? It's it's more like okay, let's not say the metal scene right now because I also came up in the pop punk scene. Yeah, and. The thing that people don't get about the pop punk scene, it's really appealing when you're pretty young, right? When you're like 17, 18, 19, it's really appealing to you because you see all these pop punk acts, they grow really quickly and they blow up really fast, but they don't stick around very long. And that's because the age group of people that like that music does not grow man Mm -hmm. it's the same like if somebody liked you when they were 16 by the time that they're 18 well they're in school and they're listening to something else yeah and uh you know they're in college they don't they don't care about that maybe they're 19 and that's not to say that nobody is still like die hard or whatever it's not to say no one has a newfound glory tattoo at the age of 35 (laughs) you know like they're they're out there but the reality is in metal the one advantage that everyone has is those fans are fans for life. When somebody's yeah. a metalhead at 15, guess what they are at 35, bro? <laughs> They're still metalheads, bro. It doesn't change. Right. Yeah. So it's a 
it's a yeah that's like one huge benefit that's one huge benefit for sure yeah honestly i I prefer playing to like with bands that fan base is like 30 plus i mean they those people have jobs you know they bring money to the show you know they're bringing their kids yeah they're (laughs) buying merchandise you know no one's getting like you know metal bands aren't typically getting canceled as much as pop (laughs) punk bands because uh they're not making music for 16 year old girls man you know what i mean that's just real life yeah yeah i I really prefer those crowds quite a bit uh for a lot of reasons and um so with talking about like the you know there's like a bonus to young fan bases in the sense that they are very driven to come out to shows you get you can get some good guarantees by getting a lot of people to turn up um but having longevity is the hard part in a lot of different ways um and so with this like the modern world you talk about this a lot in in some of your content of taking advantage of content creation and stuff like tiktok and so with the modern world of like tiktok user base and instagram user base typically being younger um like how do you how are you actually turning that into a sustainable uh like form of marketing Well, when you ask that question, how am I turning that into a sustainable form of marketing for the company that I work for or myself as an artist? Like which one that you're talking about? Okay. So as an artist, regardless of having that, like you still, it's still in your best interest to have like a marketing team or to understand the basis of marketing, Mm -hmm. understanding how to create leads to get people to come back to your art, no matter which way that you find to do that. Cause there's many different ways you could do that, right? A lot of people will be, let's say, um, they'll be a TikTok creator and they'll have a video that goes viral. Um, but the problem is, and they might be an artist too, but they might not have found the way to connect those two things to where one can be very beneficial to their art. Like just cause your video has, a million views on it on TikTok, you know, somebody might go to your Spotify and say, Hey, like this person has like, you know, 50 monthly listeners. Like, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. And it's very, it's very simple. It's because you didn't properly direct those people to your art. Um, one of the really interesting things, you know, like, hello, I'm so curious because, or it's not, it's an interesting thing that I'm about to talk about because this is more like, um, on the extreme business side of things, but whenever you're directing from one place to the next, um, you're going to lose a majority of the people. People don't like to do anything that's too much work for them, right? So let's say you have a video, like I said, that did a million views. Well, and you find a way to link that to another video of yours. Well, the drop off rate of this is going to be astronomical. And that, number tends to average out to about 98%. Yeah. So 98% of people that watch your video that they liked and they love and they showed their friends or whatever and you're like, "Oh, like check this for my my comedy real like I also do like comedy like click this here." 98% of people looked at that and said, eh, "I'm good. I just like this video <laughs> you made right here." Yeah. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to invest myself in your life. That's all right. That's 98% of people. But then if you take that and you do direct it and 
there's still one to two percent of people that will do that and that is still a lot of people to direct to your to your content yeah now it's hard for established bands i see established bands having problems getting ten thousand people to listen to a song yep or twenty thousand people to listen to a to a song that comes out but if you can do that and direct that many people to do that okay now you've got those people directed to your spotify and you did that one time off of one viral video you made, but now you have 20,000 monthly listeners just from a single link that you made. Yeah. Versus having 50 or none because they had nowhere to direct it. For sure. Um, that's really, that's the way to, that's the way to utilize, um, utilize one platform to make it work on another. Because the other thing you also have to realize is it doesn't matter how big you are on a singular platform either, unless you're going to do everything you do based off that platform. Like, for example, you probably see that I do a lot of things on YouTube. Um, and I don't do tons of things elsewhere. Like, I don't do a lot of things on Instagram or whatever the case may be. Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. Because, one, on YouTube, you build way more of a connection than you do with people on Instagram or on TikTok. Most of those people are very flash in the pan when you're talking or dealing with them or they see any of your content. It doesn't matter if it's music, doesn't matter if it's education, doesn't matter whatever. Cool. They like this person. They saw a clip from them. They're going to watch this person. Maybe they watch them for a couple of weeks. Like they're not going back to that person. They're just not. But in YouTube is a very rare type of thing. And it's because the content form is extended to where you now have to, or you've captured somebody's attention long enough that they remember you on almost a weekly basis. Yep. And that's an extremely powerful thing that, that doesn't happen on other platforms because other platforms are meant for 15 seconds, 30 seconds, one minute. Well, YouTube's meant for 10 minutes. And let me tell you, it's a lot harder to capture somebody's attention for 10 minutes than it is to capture attention for 15 seconds, man. You know, like, but if you do, a, if a you much do get thing. them for 10 minutes, then they're probably going to be, you know, sticking around, you know, because exactly you made, you made um, a big impact. Exactly. So that's like, uh, that's why I, I think that platform matters the most in, in my opinion. Um, cause a lot of people like the, the flash in the pan, like, Oh, like TikTok. I'm going to keep making TikTok videos until one of them goes viral. It's like, okay, that's cool. Um, but what's going to happen from, from that TikTok video? Like, are people constantly checking for you all the time? Like you, you probably look at TikTok videos all the time. Like how many TikTok like creators that, you know, are you constantly checking on every week for the last six months? Right. Yeah. I, I actually have no, never I, even I, used it. Okay. Yeah. So that, okay. Let's say Instagram then. Yeah. So Instagram. Yeah. I'm. I'm basically just, I'm not checking for anyone's particular content. Just scroll through, see what pops up. All right. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the thing. So that's a big part of where, um, where I had or why, like, I think that YouTube's the, the most important because it's the one that you build a relationship yeah. with people, you know? And it makes um, sense that you are using, um, cause like TikTok and Instagram do have really good algorithms for reaching new people. Whereas like YouTube can be a little more difficult for that. So you're using something that's really algorithmic for new people to push them towards content that really holds their attention for long term, those one or two percent. But you're 
transitioning these random new people from one platform into dedicated viewers on the important platform for yourself. Yeah, and here's the other thing about those platforms, right? Like you think about TikTok, you think about Instagram. Okay, yeah, they're built for, like algorithmically, they're built for making new fans or like reaching new people on a platform that people don't care about the creator necessarily in the first place. Yeah. Like they're, they're not like attached to the creator. So you're re trying to reach new people. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have like 50, 60,000 people that might, I might not be reaching new people, but it's the same people that mess with me. And they might be yeah. like my day one people that watch me consistently. And I can trust those people just like they trust me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The relationship you build with those fans, like, yeah, of course, like, you know, it's, it's great having new people. And of course, I'm all, we're always trying to reach new people, but it's, it's like a thing where, yeah, these, but these other people that have been here since day one, like those are the people that I, uh, that I relate with. And another thing that people don't understand, man, on YouTube, I go back and forth and I comment and I talk with all these people. I remember the people that were there from the first time I ever dropped a video. I still talk to them now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, like, I know these people, they, they message me, they hit me up for advice. Like, and I talk to these people, like they're friends of mine. Like if I saw them in real life, I would be like, yo, like, what's up? Like, I'll grab a drink with these people just because like, I know they support me like that. The relationship is just, it's just different, for you sure. know? Yeah, and I've I've always it's a, said that it's it's better to have like a small niche, very dedicated fan base than a massive one that just kind of cares. You know, I think it's way more. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I could be on TikTok right now. You know, I I do funny skits, like I've done stuff like that that's gone like viral and stuff. And it's like I could be on there and I could have a million followers, but none of those people will remember me the next day. But I'm like in L, like I live in LA, like, and I go places all the time, and people will sit there and have conversations yeah. with me and recognize me, like thank me for like helping them out on their audio journey and stuff. And there's, there's nothing like that. So now what's really interesting is all those people that are so interested in, in learning from my audio journey and the things that I've learned. It's like, they're also very interested in the music I make yeah, and like want to see what it is that I'm coming out with. So, you know, like, um, for me, it's just the thing that uh, I'm very glad that I'm not going to be disappointing them because the things <laughs> I'm putting out are crazy. Bro. Definitely. Yeah. And so like you're saying, your audio journey, like what was it that started your um, your drive towards like engineering and just working in this space in general? And my audio journey started uh, as man when i was eight years old i slid across my kitchen floor and like <laughs> i told my parents like i want to be a rock star like that was like the like one of my first things when i was eight i wrote it in a book <laughs> i like i went i looked at it later in life i still have that book you know i, I legit and i have terrible handwriting <laughs> by the way like i looked back and i'm just like man like i did not know i still write like that yeah, too. i was gonna say probably didn't like, get this is crazy <laughs> yeah it's like it's like the same like my handwriting's terrible but I remember looking at that and, um, and I just really always felt like that. And I, I just wanted to always be in front of a crowd and wanted to entertain and mm -hmm. do all these other things. But, but just like, uh, with mixing, like you have to understand when you're in a band, you really got to be built for that. And the thing is I was built for that for a while, but I also understand the struggle that people like you have to go through. Mm. 
Like it is not easy out there, man. Yep. It's not easy. Like there is, man, if you're not at the top tier, you know what I mean? Like if, even if you're at like the, the semi tier or the supporting or mm-hmm. the co-head, like, like even it's a very, it's a very hard life and people don't respect how much you have to put to be at that level and to stay at that level. Right. You know what I mean? That's why like, like I'll, I'll always support that. No one could, no one could ever, I can never, I'm trying to think of how to say this, man. Like, but no one could ever take that away from anybody that's gone through and done that. Like my, uh, my old guitarist from my last band, like the words we use, like my old guitarist is a uh, Chris Wiseman and he's in a, uh, he's in shadow of intent and uh, in currents, yeah. you know, two pretty massive bands in metal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like both, um, both doing extremely well. Um, I know, uh, shadow of intent, like iTunes charting, like taking over there, like, and, uh, but I know how hard he works. And the thing is, man, currents, that band was a band for what, like six or seven years before they popped off. Yo, could you imagine if it was like that in pop punk music, bro? (laughs) Like you had to be a band for seven or eight years before, uh, before you like busted through the floodgates. Like everyone in pop punk bands would be like 30 years old, like playing to. (laughs) playing like 60 year old girls which is like kind of what's happening now <laughs> yeah, crazy, it, crazy. <laughs> yeah and it's very difficult like especially that medium tier i think it's i think it is one of the hardest spots to be in because you have crazy expenses you know you're flying overseas you're needing to start bring crew you're trying to bring bring production like at a low tier there's very little cost you're not making much but there's a little cost once you hit that medium tier you got to step it up but there's still just barely not enough money you know <laughs> And it's, it is, yeah. A, it's and a hard thing the to crazy balance. thing is this the crazy thing about this to me is this, right? Like the medium tier and the, the above medium tier, like let's say there's medium tier, then there's like co headliners, mm-hmm. then there's top tier. The difference between medium tier and co headlining tier is like, it's not talent. Like that's not the thing. Both of those levels are amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just that. It's just that one of them is more popular because of like said thing. Maybe they're just better on social media. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're just the flavor of the week kind of a thing. Like it's such a crazy thing. Um, cause there's all the little intangible things that stop somebody from mid tier to ever make it to, to the next level. And then there's a level that stops the co-headliners from ever getting to, to the top tier. It's like right. an invisible wall. A lot of the time there's, there's no real explanation except maybe one of those bands did a cover of some song and then like that song did really the cover did really well so that band blew up and now they're the biggest you know like it's like it just just so happens that they put out that song like they did a cover maybe the cover wasn't even that great but people like yeah they like the breakdown in it (laughs) i think you're right because i think you can i think that you can like physically grind to be in that that medium tier band but I think you have yeah. to have one, like you have to have a hot, have a hype moment to be that real headliner status. You have to have something that just pops off or you'll be stuck in that medium tier forever. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, and like in the, a... in, in this, like to be able to pop off, like what if there's a band right now and uh-huh. like, but they are not necessarily in the mindset or in have the desire to be on TikTok, you know, doing that thing. 
they don't have the desire to be on these social medias grinding away on socials. They just want to put out music and they want to, you know, do that. Like how is someone even supposed to have that moment in the modern world if they don't really have that desire to be, you know, and, and I might even be talking about myself right here because like I said, I've never been on TikTok and I, I don't want to be, but I understand that I might have to be, but how is someone supposed to function or get there in the modern world without having that, that in them? Um, to be honest, man, it's damn near impossible to do. Right. Like, we got to think even, okay, so I was running a campaign last year for, uh, for three days grace mm-hmm. or this, this at the beginning, beginning of this year. Um, and we both know three days grace is massive, yeah. right? Like they have what? 7 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Mm-hmm. They got, and I, and I was doing a content campaign for them. Like, which means I was up there. Um, kind of just filming everything that was happening, finding the good snippets to put things together. If bands at that level are worried about this and they're trying to figure out what to do, like there's no way somebody up and coming trying to survive. There's no way that you can do it without it. There's no way. Cause if, if it didn't matter, they wouldn't be doing it. Right. Because they're already established They're They don't necessarily need to, you know, be trying to grow right now. But that's the thing. That's the thing though, but they do need to grow to stay relevant stay on top and if they're worried about that then how are you gonna like all right think of it this way right like let's like i said seven million monthly listeners let me take a look at their instagram right now i would guess that they probably have like seven hundred thousand followers or something like that i'm gonna take a quick look real quick uh something like that three days grace eight hundred thousand followers yeah all right so if they got 800,000 followers and they're worried about their content to post daily or whatever, think of the, they're just doing this and they're already popping off. Think of the reach that they have True. when they, when they make a single post, how many people see it in the scene, yeah. whether they're rock or metal or whatever the case is, it's going to bleed over. There's going to be crossover, all that stuff. Think how much they're pulling attention away from every smaller band that isn't posting. Right. So if they, if they make a post and uh, let's say, let's see, 20,000 people like this post, mm-hmm. 400 people comment on this one. I'm just looking on one or another right now. 20, yeah, the last one. 20,000 people looked at that. That is 20,000 people that liked it. Probably 100,000 people or 200,000 people that saw it. And then so they've taken that much attention away from your band yeah. that didn't post anything. Definitely. Yeah. And people, and people are already familiar with that band. Yeah. So they will be more inclined to even like pay attention, you know, because if you're, if, yeah. if they don't know you, then they're less likely to pay attention, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the part that I'm trying to get to. It's like, it's not so much like, Oh, like you don't, you're not posted cause you're not comfortable. It's like, okay, like that may be true. You just have to understand that every time you're not taking a shot, someone else is doing like a windmill 360 dunk and people are watching it and clicking it and liking the video. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like someone's jumping over Le- LeBron James or something. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? He like smashes on the floor. Like every time that you don't post something, every second that you don't. Yeah. And, uh, and so how do you expect to compete 
with with these people because number one no matter who it is like they're, they're in the upper echelon and i just say them because like you know great dudes and everything yeah but they're in the upper echelon of like of like rock bands that we have like legacy bands big you know um if they're up there and we're down here <laughs> we already got to fight for even if we put out the best content bro yeah. the best thing ever it doesn't matter because our reach is nowhere near what theirs is. So like we're fighting for crumbs just, and that's with the attempt. We have to, uh, we have to try really hard yeah. just to even fight for the crumbs that are there. Not try really hard to go viral. Yeah. Try hard to get anybody to see anything. You know what I mean? Like, that's, what's crazy about it. Like people are thinking like, oh, we got to try really hard to go viral. No, bro. You gotta, you gotta try really hard to have your mom see it. <laughs> like that's right. that's the way that's the reality of it yeah it's, so I, yeah I that's, it was that's Post tough. malone that was mentioning something about this where like he you know his mom saw him on tv randomly for the first time you know and you know that yeah. was like a moment that he realized it was real and so um to kind of you know culminate this whole conversation like you're starting a brand new uh, project from scratch this rap project yes. in a realm where yes. you're talking about celebrity status influencers um you know yes. the rappers are essentially massive influencers now and yes. so how are you getting there um okay very simply first off i'm friends with some of them hey, so hey, that's hey. like the number that's like one of the <laughs> biggest things that you can do um be friends with them it's a very interesting thing to know how many like how many <sighs> I like to think of myself as an influencer's influencer, mm. like somebody that like, that like they rappers are influencers or whatever, but like are producers or whatever, but they actually watch me and like talk to me, which right. is like a really nice and really nice feeling. And it's like something I've learned a lot more of late, which I'm like, this is, this is crazy, but yeah. Number one, associate yourself with the right circles. You know what I mean? Like, um, in reality, man, um, years ago, Joey and I weren't the best of friends, man. Like we had a we had a big blowing up, a big fight and everything with each other. I thought we would never talk again, you know, and here I am, you know, yeah. kind of this shit. Like, um, it's like and a lot of that just comes with being just a, a stand-up person, being yeah. a good guy. Um, find yourself in the right circles. That's that's one way that you're going to do it. Number two, your material, your material has to be immaculate. That's like the next thing. And three, trying to think, there's always, yeah, there's always more, um, having a great, like, yeah, there's all, having, having a great, like a uh, marketing campaign and a release strategy. Like I have enough songs realistically to release every two weeks for the next year. If I wanted to, yeah. um, with music videos. Yeah. And I have music videos already filmed. I have like. I literally have campaigns set up already to drop at any second. Like I, it, it's like, you have to do all that just to stay on people's uh, mentions. Cause that's another thing. I know I'm not going to be just doing this on YouTube. So how do I keep people uh, in tune with what I'm going to be doing? Well, I'm going to be constantly releasing. Right. I'm not just going to be releasing also on just regular platform or like on regular outlets. Like I won't just be doing it from my own YouTube or from the JSC. YouTube. like, I'll be releasing things on world star. I'll be releasing things on it because you need all that. And on top of that, another thing that people in, uh, in metal should focus a little bit more on, you know, it happens sometimes, but collaboration, yeah. like I have artists from, you know, I'm not going to say a drug, but I got artists 
from Young Money on on singles that I have, like coming out, like um, and I'm just doing it in a I'm doing it in a smart way, like yeah. artists with that are signed to Birdman and signed to these people, like they're all of these things matter um, when you're dropping your release because you can you have to piggyback a bit as a rapper to to get there. Features are everything. Yeah. So features and just like collaborative work. You know, that's not going to happen as much in in a metal band, but it should. Oh, for sure. And I mean, a lot of people try to take advantage of features, but the thing is, they're just, you know, they sit there and they pay Franz, you know, three grand to do 30 seconds on a song and then they just drop it and don't do anything else. Like, how does someone actually take advantage whenever they go out and pay pay for features? Because I actually like, I, I don't really do a lot of features because I don't really see them as like insanely beneficial or more so that bands don't take advantage in a way that it's worth their money. And so how does someone actually take advantage of like landing a feature if they pay, you know, two grand to get, you know, Frankie from a mirror or whatever. Okay. This is actually pretty easy for me because I come from a band that we're the feature Kings, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, um, you, you can pull this up right now. Let's take a, let's take a look. Um, Spotify. Look up my last band, the words we use, right? Um, take a look. We haven't put out in a long time, but let's see. Building Coral Castle featuring Kellen Quinn. Uh, Kellen Quinn, four hundred and seventy-eight thousand. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. plays. Um, Love Is War featuring Mikey Sawyer, three hundred and ninety-eight thousand plays. Yep. Um, I'm just looking at so. So, how did we take advantage of these features? One, you got to catch people doing features when they're not already being like saturated in the scene that's number one because that that like it doesn't work in rap like it does in in uh, metal or hip-hop or or in metal or like post-hardcore if you're going to get a feature from somebody you need to make sure that it's someone that's not being used extremely uh somebody that people want to hear like a new feature from um and then you're going to want to promote that yourself so after it comes out there's a couple, well, here's a couple things you could do. One, if it's all business, then treat it like it's all business. That's the problem where everyone that gets these features comes in, uh, comes into play. Somebody's like, oh, like, I'll do a feature for you. Sure. Give me a couple thousand dollars. And you're like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, man, you're going to post this, right? Yeah, sure, man. When it comes out. Yeah, I got you now. Nah. <laughs> so you want to, you want to treat it like a business, right? Okay. So you're already paying this person. They're like, oh, two thousand dollars. Like, all right, yeah, cool. We're sending you over the contract now. Like, so what do I add to this contract price so that when this comes out, you guys are po- like, you're gonna post this from your personal page or from your band's page. Also, what can I do to guarantee? Like, what can I do to get like um, a video clip of you talking about the feature that you did or something like that? Work it all into a singular package. Maximize what you're going to get off that feature. Because guess what? They don't care about you. That's not your friend. Yeah. They're not your friend, bro. You're a you're a bat, you're a check to them. Yep. And they're gonna take that money. They're gonna spend it the next day. They're not gonna care. Uh, they're gonna hit you up. Oh, oh, when is this dropping? Oh, like, oh, oh, this drop. Like, can you share it? Scene. <laughs> can you share it? Red. Yep. Can you share? Like, come on, man. So the only way to do this is to get it all written down in contract. And it, like, sometimes that might feel weird. 
Because if you feel like now, this is the only time this gets weird is when you're kind of friends with somebody, right? Kind of, or like you're somewhat cool, right? Like let's say you're somewhat cool with the singer from this band, and you're like, oh, yo, what's like, yeah, do this feature, and they're like, oh, we got you for the low, and they do it for the low. You're like, yeah, and can you put in the contract that you're gonna put the girl? Like, whoa, whoa, man! Like I was doing this because we're like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like that's like that. That's what happens too. And how do you avoid that scenario? Well, there's two ways to go about it. You either convince them to do it or you find somebody else that works better for your scenario. And you just keep it pushing. And when that song comes out, guess what? Run ads on it. Not only running, don't just run ads on it from... from, Oh. Hold on one second. You good. What's up, bro? Hold on one second. What's up? No, no, no. There's no one over here, bro. All right, cool. No, I'm back. I'm sorry. You Had good. to get hard body real quick. <laughs> yeah, I do it. Now my girl's outside, like just some some random dudes in a car roll does, you know? Yeah. And I'm, you can leave this in there. I'm, w- I'm with the shit. So they can just understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so anyways um <laughs> that's that hardcore metal scene bro that never leaves right that, that never leaves um but but yeah man those people are not your friends yeah and i think you're exactly right on all that and i, I if you're talking to a professional musician if they got a problem signing a, a really basic like easily worded contract about posting your stuff like just move on to someone else that's actually going to uh, help you out a little bit like that, you know? So I, I completely, that's simple, that. man. Yeah. Straight up. And that's what I'm saying. Like people, people might feel like, like, Oh, Kellen Quinn, he's on everybody's stuff or whatever. But guess what, man? Kellen Quinn still has got a million followers, man. Still, <laughs> right. Or 2 million or 2 million Um, whatever the case may be. And guess what? If you can get a post from him or a story from him mm-hmm. and you can get him to make a little video clip saying like, Hey, what's up, guys? Check out this new feature that I did on blah blah. Do you know how much further that goes than you just dropping a video on your page right. saying featuring Kellen Coy? Like it goes so much further. And then guess what? You take that clip, you upload it to your page, right? Mm-hmm. That that video that he that he um that he's like, oh, I did a feature on this or whatever. And guess what you do? Run ads. You take it and you run it, you run ads on their yep. songs. Exactly. So then when people go to listen to their songs before their song plays, your ad comes up and it's somebody they already like. Guess the likelihood increase that they're going to click on that versus some other video. You know what I mean? You've just increased your chances times 20. Like, so all that's the kind of ad games you got to play. Yep. That kind of stuff. Exactly. And this is the stuff that like a lot of people that listen to this podcast need to hear the more realistic outcomes and the more realistic ways to approach um, the modern world and how you can take advantage of, of it, even though you're just in a sea of other crap. And so I appreciate hearing from someone who's an expert on, on marketing and someone that's really out there doing it. And so I really appreciate you being out here doing it. So what's, what's going to be the name of the project? Is it just going to be your name? Oh, no, no, no. So my artist name is Trap Star Rap Star. <laughs> Trap Star Rap Star. Um, Trap Star Rap Star, like bro. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll send you some of the stuff. Like, you'll you'll get to hear it. Thank and uh, I promise you, I promise you, like, anyone 
anyone that's heard it so far has been kind of floored. Like it is, it is definitely some, some next level stuff, man. I've talked to some of the biggest artists in the industry about it. And like, they, they're just shocked that I haven't been doing this for the last like five years. They're like, why? Like, this is insane. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just going all out. I'm gonna give it like a, like a two year little run. I'm just dropping stuff that hard. And if it pops off, it pops off. And if it doesn't, well, then I'll be solidified to be an engineer or producer for the rest of my life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you gotta, gotta do it and gotta chase them dreams no matter how far you are. If you got that feeling, like you said, this is, this is what you felt like your calling was. So you guys heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. So let's see what happens a, <laughs> right, a few months from now. You know what I mean? Heck yeah. And just, uh, I really do appreciate you being here and sharing your expertise on all this stuff. And, um, I can't wait to see what you do for real. Just don't forget me, please. <laughs> I, I definitely won't man well you know i'm gonna take one and turn it into a trap beat it's gonna be one of them you know what i mean <laughs> there we go we'll, dude. we'll talk about it <laughs> all right peace dude i appreciate it all right awesome man i'll talk to you later bye thank you for listening all the way through that episode i appreciate it so much make sure you head over to burnthisworld.com and click become a member for only $3 a month, you can support everything that we're doing here, and you can listen to the after show recap to get my personal thoughts on what me and the guests just chatted about. Again, thank you so much. Peace out.